0: Welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I am one of your hosts, David.
1: And I am the other one, Heidi. The other one.
0: And we is smart. We are intelligent.
1: And we're just happy to be here. We're just happy
0: to be here. As you can tell, um, I've been out of the sun for a long time. And if you're watching this on the YouTube, I'm pasty, I'm pale. <laughs> just kidding. I'm I'm, I'm yeah, trying to get every compliment. He's, look,
1: he's trying to. Like, he's I'm trying, trying to, to show. Yeah.
0: I'm I back know, to I my. Know. I'm back to the color of my people, my heritage. Guys, we're just
1: shocked that he came back from the <clears throat> beach and he's and he's upright and he's not like in bed sick. Needs. <laughs> well, I told you,
0: I I I'm not a hater in Utah. A lot of people that move from California, Utah, they go, oh, it's not as cool and stuff. I think Utah's great, and I'm allergic to it. <laughs> I always get sick, sick, every sick when I come, come back. back. So I just really wanted to be I like, actually
1: think it's the California you're allergic to, but.
0: Well, I just want to. I just want people to notice that I actually look a little Polynesian yes. and Mexican right now. So yeah. I never, during the wintertime here, I don't look my ethnicity at all. So I'm like, finally.
1: David likes to be tan.
0: I like to be tan. Because it means I've been in the sun. Like many of you probably like to be tan as well. So. Yes. <laughs> this is the light the light podcast Light the sunlight podcast and uh, I'm your host obviously I don't need Heidi right now to talk about my tan so Well hey Heidi let's uh veer off of my amazing trip to California where I actually got really good surf hence I'm happy not miserable And over hopefully some tacos Oh I got some great tacos <clears throat> got some great tacos um, at a place called Sancho's Tacos
1: Dang it you guys we need Sancho's here
0: They will be a first official food sponsor. We'll pay them to let us (laughs) talk about them. Like, we'll pay extra if you'll let us use your name.
1: You guys, if you're listening from California, please go eat some Sancho's tacos. Yes.
0: Or just support your local taco restaurant. There you go. Keep them in business because we can't have the pandemic take away the tacos, too. Yeah. Can't lose them. No, we cannot. So let's talk about some stuff today. You guys, I have a soapbox. Go for it. That is going to turn into... You guys, this will be an episode. I'm just going to sit back. You won't even hear me for a while. Let's I'm see what happens. I'm going to sit back and relax.
1: Let's see what happens. Okay, so I'm going to give... I'm going to just kind of tell you guys some truth about myself. Like I always do. Um, it's always nice to meet you listeners out and about. And you're like, I feel like I really know you. <laughs> That's because you probably know more about me than my family knows, than my friends know. Um, because as we like to... Laugh, but it's kind of true. I don't well, really technically, your family and friends don't
0: listen to you as much as our listeners do. Right. That's what if I'm they saying. would just listen to you. <laughs>
1: Maybe. <laughs> um, no, my – anyway, we won't. Yeah. <laughs> so here – so last time we met, which um, obviously David had a little vacation, so it's been a couple of weeks. Um, it was before June, and I had been contemplating – I had ordered a a pride flag and I was wanting to hang it on my house um for pride month which I've never done before. And um you know, we talk about LGBT issues a lot in our family. We talk about every issue a lot in our family and my kids are always hearing me talk about things with other people and you know, at this point, they kind of do the eye roll. But um, it was – I'm just going to share really openly. And I and I hope that you'll forgive me and and take this along with all the grains of salt that you've had to <laughs> – I mean, you hope if,
0: if they happen to disagree with something you say yeah. or, like, they hope that they forgive you. But I don't think anything you're about to say is too controversial, so no, I'm sure you're pretty safe.
1: So, no. So, <laughs> here's what happened. I pull out the pride flag and my kids are like – why do you have that? And um, they're like,
0: "You've never done this before, right?" And What's they're like, on?
1: "Well, I said, well, I'm going to hang this for Pride Month," and they're like, "Why?" And they're, literally they're like, generally like, like, "What's going on? Why would you do that? Like, we're not gay. None of us are gay. So why, why are you doing this, Mom?" And I didn't. I honestly and genuinely. Because I had been thinking about it for a long time. In fact But it was a
0: sincere question. They're it, like yeah. curious, like why like like your best friend, like you don't have like those types of like relationships closer. Right. So they're generally going, What's going on?
1: And I and here's the thing that was missing. Like I had been thinking, in fact I had intended to to hang a flag last year and then probably didn't really happen because of the pandemic and yeah. um everything else kind of happened. Um and so for me, I've had like a whole year of planning this out right but I'd actually never talk to my kids about it yeah. so I didn't think they would say anything I thought they would read my mind and know exactly what my intentions were and um, so this is about a week before June and I'm and my kids are asking these questions and, and they're like well mom what why do you why do you need to do this and um why would you do this and so i started kind of getting into it with them and
0: well in their defense this is probably pretty out of left field for you i think that <laughs> yeah. it was a little they were bit they're just like what
1: like, huh? like and I got thinking we, about this stuff we yeah. actually don't even live we don't live in an area where a lot of people hang rainbow flags um you see very few in our area there's some areas in town where you go and you see a lot of them right
0: we definitely live more in a rural area too like
1: uh, yeah, yeah maybe we're out there so um <laughs> so,
0: not that, that I, would was happen, ca- me to I was kind it, of surprised it,
1: yeah. when they were actually really pushing back. Like, I don't think you should hang that. Y- you know, being that they really, in their perception, they really felt like it was for people who had, who were LGBT.
0: Yeah, they didn't know to the, hang the flag. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Right. And they're they, like, so they're I like, thought you had to... That's, that's almost like saying here in Utah, you're a Utah fan, a BYU fan, like, why would you hang a, f- a flag of a group that you're not a part of? Yes. So they just didn't understand that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Not that they were against it or anything. No, no, yeah. But, but.
1: So what actually ha- happened was we sat down and I needed to tell them what my thought process was. Now, they don't get all the DMs <laughs> that I get and they don't hear from moms who have just had a a child come out to them and they don't know what to do and they're and they're freaking out or maybe a child
0: that's struggling with uh, mental health because they've been bullied ridiculed because of these types of things yeah
1: because of uh, suicide attempts because of that or maybe it's even spouses or you know tough situations from the church standpoint right and so I think I'm in this place where even though I myself am not LGBT, I don't identify that way, and I don't know what it's like to have a child. And as the parents at Encircle taught me, they said, you know, that you know of, and we talked about that a a while back, that that the parents that I've met that have kids that have come out to them didn't many of them didn't see it come and didn't know or didn't anticipate that
0: and in circle just for our listeners that you're referring to it's a family community house support system for youth of lgbtq community so if you're a youth here in salt lake city or in the utah county area and you don't have a place to feel accepted. Um, they have art, they have counselors there if you're going through difficult times. It's yeah. just a great place for them to have their own community with other people their age and they invite families who maybe don't understand and want to learn more about it. That's a great amazing interactive thing. So, in circle check them out if you look. Yeah. So I them, went too.
1: there and I was speaking one time to a group of parents and I was saying, you know, I'm coming here to talk to you about suicide, but actually I don't have a child that's gay. And Like in unison, all of them were like, that you know. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were like, we didn't know either. Right? And so that taught me so much. Right? And so anyway, I sat down and said to my kids, look, I think I I want to hang this flag as a support to every one of these parents who've reached out to me. And to every one of the parents that are going through this that haven't reached out to me. I want them to be able to drive down the street and think. Well, there's one person that wouldn't hate me if I was honest, yeah. y- you know? Um, and as I was sharing this with like, you know, obviously my Instagram is a big business Instagram for me. I'm always promoting my products. It's where I share about everything, but it's it's a business thing. And so yeah. I was um, letting my team know that I was gonna be sharing that and they, and then immediately it was like, oh, no, you're not, you are not going to get people, you know, anytime you get on any of those hot topics, you know, we just kind of have stayed away. Like, I don't get political on my Instagram. I don't endorse anybody. I try to be very.
0: Just keep it business. And yeah. Some family yeah, neutral, photos. Stuff white, like that. Yeah. You
1: know, but I felt really strongly about this, and um, so actually on June first, I hung the flag, but I did not post about it. Um, and I was kind of wondering if people were going to notice, if they were going to ask me, or you know. So we kind of I, I went seven days, um, and then on the on the seventh. It'd been a week, and I was kind of used to, okay, nothing, nothing happened. <laughs> like, everybody's fine. My kids oh, – incidentally, after we sat and talked about why I wanted to do it and I shared some of the DM messages that I've received, my kids were like, yeah. But you can't take down the American flag. So we got both. <laughs> we're on – you know, we got both out there. Anyway, um, and I do appreciate – that my kids gave me that question, those questions and gave me the opportunity to tell them why it meant so much to me and gave me the opportunity to share some of those really intimate conversations that are hard. Yeah. You know, anyway, so I finally kind of decided I was going to go ahead and, and post about it, even though I think that there was people that work with me and that with that. Thought, don't don't get involved in it, right? Um and I shared about it and immediately started getting both types of responses. This is really awesome. What are you thinking? Why would you do this? Do you know what God says in the Bible type of stuff? And then yeah. and then tons of like as a mom of a transgender kid, as a mom of a this, as a mom of a that, thank you. Because it, In my post, I said, I'm not a member of this community. I don't know what it's like to have a child in this community. didn't
0: have a brother or sister they grew up with. Right.
1: But what I said was, what I do know is that this community needs people who even don't have – like, I don't have a reason. I don't have an obligation to hang that flag, to hang it, because I want people to know that I'm safe and that I – I welcome
0: well you've been influenced by their stories
1: them. i mean you're a story person to your
0: core right. so when you're hearing these stories from these moms and these family members it's even though you haven't shared that experience you can relate to the fear of my kids being treated differently or um they're dealing with mental health problems or they're suicidal regardless of what causes people to get there it feels the same when you're there and so to see that they had a story that led their children to a similar place that you could relate to, even though you didn't have the same experience, you felt that pain and you feel for those people. And that story was really kind of one of the big driving factors to yeah. be like, I'm a storyteller. Let me tell the stories for other people that don't have the platform and the voice that you have.
1: Right. And and so really it was nothing more than signifying that like, you can sit by me. You can, yeah. I'm. you know. It started a lot of conversations in fact everywhere that i went people start asking me about it so so why why did you decide to do that and what was your thought process and i was so thankful for the opportunity to share those thoughts um
0: well you're a safe person for people to talk to so there might be a lot of people that would have never had that conversation with someone who's a part of the and LGBTQ that's true. community. That's true but you're that bridge in between where like okay, let's cuz just like with your kids, your kids I remember when you when you started talking to me about this um like a week ago or whatever, you, your kids weren't like saying, "Mom, you can't do it. This is gross disgusting. They're like, "Wait, what?" Like where they had no clues coming from and they're still young too. So it's not like right. they're like it's not like they have a lot of friends in that culture because in that community because they're so young. So for them, they're going, wait, what's going on? And right. then once you explained to them and just read them the DMs, like, oh, my mom is my mom. She loves people. She wants to help people. And she's always trying to use her platform in any positive way. But she's never endorsed any one specific thing before. So that might have caught them off guard. But right. those answers that you gave them, you're teaching them a different way of seeing something.
1: So then there's been other conversations that have kind of been um, happening around me and we what I've noticed is that a lot of parents don't know how to talk to their kids about the LGBTQ issues and so that's what I kind of wanted to bring up like obviously I didn't I actually didn't know that I needed to have these conversations with my kids. I thought that they knew where I stood. I thought that they um, – I, I felt like I'd been pretty open you had them. enough.
0: They'd heard you have enough conversations with people to know that you're definitely – and this is the interesting thing too, especially for all you guys listening out there. We're coming to you from a place called Utah. And here's the interesting thing about Utah, and I didn't realize this until when I first moved here to play football here. I went to the University of Utah, and I'll come right back to what you're saying, but I went to the University of Utah, and in the first week, I saw people of the same sex making out on campus. I saw you know, a lot of stuff that I was like, in Utah, because I saw stuff in Southern California all the time. I was like, I thought Utah was like anti and this and that. There's a large LGBTQ community here. There's a lot of support. So even though you have this dominant religion who obviously in their belief system was like, that's not what God wants. You have a lot of people living amongst each other within the same communities. Many of them were raised Mormon. Yeah. Many of them were raised in it. And no one wants... But there's a definite divide. Okay, yeah. So, so and that, that's what I was going to say. There's that, that, that middle ground, you in the middle. I don't think that you're trying to convince anyone to, um, to... I don't think you're trying to convince anyone to change thoughts and feelings that they may have had in the past... But what you're inviting them to do is have a new way of viewing how they see people today. Okay. Yeah. Because if you think about it and this, I've had a lot of conversation. I was kind of, I was going to say this, some of the stuff that I was going to talk about. I'll just mention it for a quick second. A lot of people that I work with because here in Utah, it it is very polarizing. You know, a lot of people love the church and they're hardcore. And some people like that ruined my life. You know, they, they ousted me. They made me feel not accepted. And, if that's their experience, that's their experience. Right. 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 And so when you have a lot of people that have had really extreme experiences, it's like on a page, they're, they're both, they're in these, there's, they're in these like silos where they're, they're very, they're a little reluctant to kind of open up to other people's opinions, ideas, but then you work, work with someone in a job that's gay and they become your friend then now two people are affected by that in, in the lgbt community they call it an ally right so if a person had past thoughts and feelings about the lgbtq community but now has an experience with a person that is a part of the community that was positive now their new thoughts and feelings start to evolve and start to change we all have the ability to evolve and change, and I sure hope we all do in yeah. the best of ways. Right. And so that's why when you tell me you did that, I was like really shocked. I was like, your kid's like, I wasn't like, why are you doing that? But I was like, wait, what's, what, what are you thinking? And when you explained it to me, I'm like, I thought that was, so, that was so cool for me because I don't have a platform like you. And when I help people that are family members, loved ones, children that are in the LGBTQ community, it's in closed doors and even though I help them and they know we all work together I don't get to like tell people what right. I saw because it's confidential right and so you get to share those stories so when you said that I was like that's really cool because you know we everyone has different life experiences I was not raised in the most crazy life experience but a definitely more multicultural mm-hmm. experience where I came from and so for you at this age to do something like this now kind of tells me that you're open to evolving. You're and, open to seeing and things it differently. And
1: it did take me time of listening to some podcasts and yeah. listening to people's stories because I wasn't sure. Like, I was getting in, invited to come and talk about suicide to LGBTQ <clears> groups. <throat> and And I wasn't sure where I was. So it took me a while. A long time to listen to those stories. And so now, like... How do, okay, so now I'm a little bit intolerant of people who are intolerant, <laughs> right? I, now I'm like, oh, come on, I listen to all those stories, and it's good, and we're going to all be like friends, y- yeah. you know, like, I'm expecting people to, to fast come forward quickly, to the to work. To come quickly to right, where you're to, at now. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, which isn't happening, and, w- and won't. It's not quick. It's not easy it that's why it's called doing the work right but i had several conversations with people that said when do i talk to my kids about it and how do i bring this up to my kids because obviously i'm not i'm not condoning it but i'm not you know it's kind of you're right in here in utah and and many other christian belief systems it's like how how do i embrace it but then say oh actually it's not okay and we're not doing this or how do you support it
0: without encouraging it to your kids like there's all these weird conversations not weird but there's these complicated conversations it is
1: complicated and stigmatized
0: and so to answer your original question like how to help parents talk to their kids about it you kind of answered what you said it's really hard for parents to talk about something that they haven't even figured out themselves that they're not sure where they stand either because I think most parents okay I got to be careful say this is. I'm not because of offending anyway, I just want to make sure that I, artic- I articulate this correctly. Um, most parents that I've worked with that have a child or that, that LGBTQ issues have become an issue for them, right? For some reason, that's an issue for them. And everybody's gonna be different why it's an issue for them, but a lot of times it's just that's the way they're raised, religion, stuff like that. When they have a child, and I'm working with them and that child, As we're going through this long counseling process, they're learning little bits and pieces as their child is also learning about their experience and how do they even choose the right words and feeling or the right words to express their feelings and where they're at. So the the child, teenager, what have you, is trying to figure out how to communicate who they are while they're developing who they are and then the parent is trying to understand where they're at with their child's sexuality when they're still kind of hoping that it's not gonna happen, Uh right? And there's this really weird, like the parent's like, wait, like most of the parents I talk to don't hate gay people. Like my personal experience, they're scared that if their child is gay, that they'll be looked at differently, that it will bring bad attention to the family. It'll somehow like...
1: Or how do they have to change their entire they have, they life? They change their to, life. Now, yeah.
0: now they have to be more accepting and they're not really like to make changes too quickly, right? And so there's this, there's this point of there's not necessarily a lot of parents I've worked with that were like, we're going to ban you, kick you out of your family. In fact, I haven't had that happen once, but I have had parents really grapple and really struggle with understanding the experience that a person's going through that is LGBTQ in that community and that takes time that's why I use the analogy when you work with someone of a different race of a different religion of a different sexual orientation and you spend lots of time with that person all the things of their race religion sexual orientation they start to kind of go to just parts of that person but you get to see that person by that, that person might've been the person that bought you lunch that day because you forgot your wallet, right? That person might've covered you because you had to leave early to go pick up your kids. But the person who doesn't have kids and is gay, they're like, I got you to go help your kids. Then your mind's going, that was so cool. And like everything I thought before that gay people were bad, like maybe they're not bad. And that takes a lot of time to unravel all these things we've been influenced for our life to be mature enough to make our own decisions And then evolve with those decisions. And so when I work with families that are LGBTQ, they have a child that's, let's just use one example. Um, A family that I've worked with had a gay son. And the son came out to me, wanted me to help him come out to the parents, but then was scared to death of coming out to the parents, that type of situation. The parents, after a couple sessions of us talking and leading up to it, they said they kind of like, they kind of knew something was being held back. And they didn't have the same closeness that they had with their son before. But as they started having the conversations, their relationship returned back to a place where they could tell each other they loved each other. They weren't trying to avoid each other anymore. So that was the first step that they had enough deep conversations in my office that the, that the passing each other in the hallways to go to the bathroom was way less awkward. Mm. So that was the first step. The dad especially still wasn't wanting to accept it, didn't want to believe it. The mom was way quicker to being like, "This is my son. I don't care what he does." Like, the dad was like, "Yeah, he's my son. I'd do anything for him." But this, I can't tell. Like my my, my friends at work fight. Like it was more about his experience, yeah. right? Yeah. And so as we went back and forth, we're talking six, seven months. The dad started to open up about a lot of his insecurities, where a lot of this was fear, really coming from his son's experience was going to be something that he couldn't help him with. He thought, I went through all these things in my life to learn how to help my kids, and now the dad was like, I'm out. I can't even help him because I don't have this experience, so therefore I can't even be his dad. And that was a huge mistake because that was the the big issue between the father and the son. The dad felt like, I'm out, I got nothing to help you. I'm not gonna banish you from my family, but how can I help you? So the dad just stayed away from parenting and the son felt abandoned and rejected because he knew he didn't do that with the other kids, just with him. So the, the point I was really trying to make in that is if a parent, doesn't know where they stand don't feel that you have to make a stand just because you have a situation where you lack knowledge and experience doesn't mean you have to formulate a belief system and formulate an opinion right away I think the, the fearful thing, and I can only speak for, I'm trying to generalize. There's been a large general population that I've had these experiences with. If it wasn't most people, I wouldn't even use these generalizations with my clients. When they start to have deeper relationships with their child, they now have a relationship with the community. When they have different relationships with a best friend or a coworker who is like lesbian or you know maybe they're bisexual, whatever, now they have an experience with the community. That experience that they have with the community from my from my working with these families was a lesson in life that they would have gotten nowhere else if they didn't love those people. If they didn't care about right, them. Right. Like have had coworkers, one of my closest friends, I mean I'm so glad he got on medication, but you know, he, he got really sick and I didn't know why he was missing work and stuff all the time, come to find out he'd got AIDS. Um, he was openly gay. I was at his hospital like I didn't even think about, like, it was like if a friend of mine got in a car accident, I'd have been there. It was the same. It, the fact that he had AIDS and was gay had nothing. I was like, my friend could die, and I was scared for him. Right. That was the first time in my life where I ever had a friend that could die that was, you know, that was gay. I had friends that were gay, but never someone was, could have died from, that, from the AIDS disease. So this really taught me a lot. I'm like, I really do love him. And for the first time, my macho like playing football college life, I'm like, I don't care what my friends would think of me because that's a good friend. In fact, he was a better friend than anyone else in my work to me. So for me, it went from I was accepting of the culture, I had some friends, to now I was scared of losing someone. And that's totally something different. That's why I think you relate to these parents so much, why you have such a feeling to talk to to them right now Mm -hmm. about this. And so a suggestion that I give to all of our listeners out there I actually just had to do this just last week on vacation with my daughter. Have a com- meaning, have a conversation so, uh, with her about LGBTQ. So, I LGBTQ. just want to clarify. Good.
1: I'm talking cisgender or people who are not members of the LGBTQ community talking to their kids who are not members of the LGBTQ community. What do those conversations look like inside your family as we're trying to change some of yeah. the stigmas?
0: So traditional mom, dad,
1: sh- straight, heterosexual yeah.
0: relationship, kids that aren't showing any signs or aren't like saying that they're gay or whatever, how to have a conversation with them. Okay. That's, that's why I brought it with my daughter, yeah, yeah. right? So my best friend back home, we're at the beach surfing. My daughter and his daughter are, they call them California best friends. They surf together every time they go home. Me and my friends sit it's there and fun. talk about yeah. old days, right? And so there's a seawall by the sand where people, it's like a boardwalk where people walk. And the fun thing that kids do there, they take these little like charcoal things and they write on the seawall because it doesn't stain it and just washes away. Right. So they're drawing stuff, wave surfers. But my friend's daughter, she drew a big heart and she drew like pretty much every slogan you could see during Gay Pride Month. Right. <laughs> the love is love, like all these great slogans. And my daughter has been like she knows what the LGBTQ community is. She's in sixth grade. She, we've had some conversations about it as it kind of comes up naturally, but I've never like sat her down and had a hard talk with her because I was just like, oh, it'll come naturally, right? Through curiosity. Well, she asked her friend, she's like, like, what's that? And her friend started telling her. And my daughter was like, huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, I like it. Like my wa- my daughter's generously curious. But then afterwards, my, my daughter was like, is this the stuff that you talked to me about before I go? Yeah. So she had lots of questions because her friend was telling her stuff, nothing that her friend told her. I wasn't like, that's inappropriate. She was just telling her what she learned at school, what she learned from, I think her mom or whatever. And so I was like, this is a great opportunity to have a conversation with her about it. At that moment, right before we had the conversation, I want to tell her, I told her, I said, Solana, what I'm about to tell you is what dad thinks what I've seen in my experiences. I want you to listen to what I'm telling you, but I want you to have your own experiences because you're gonna have friends in school that are gay or lesbian or part of this community, right? And I said, when you have those friends, I would like you to see them simply for how they treat you, if they're a good friend, if they're not a good friend. Race, religion, all those things, I go, I'm not scared of people of different races, sweetheart. I go, have you seen me? She goes, yeah, you yeah, tons of black friends, Polynesian, Mexican, because I played football. So I got all these guys. So she's used to seeing me with all these different types of people. I said, the reason why they're my friend is because they're a good friend. The reason why I, I take care, like call them, they call me, is because we take care of each other. So I, I use that example for her with, I said, you know, the rainbow flag, it, it really it really just it epitome, epitomizes this unity of like, the rainbow is beautiful because it has all the colors, not because there's one or two. It has all the spectrum of different colors, and I said that's what people are beautiful because they have different experiences and different things. Now I didn't get into any like religious type of stuff, whatever, because it was just a really soft conversation. It's not me. I you know when when people quote scriptures and Bible and stuff like that, I get it. I, I didn't write those things. I, I I mean I'm I'm not gonna be oh. God is wrong or he's right, I just know my experiences. So I would like people when they talk to their kids to trust that even if they don't know how they feel yet, they don't have to make a statement on telling their kids how they should feel. Leave the door open for a conversation and the best thing you can do for a parent, if a kid, if your child asks you a question that you're not 100% sure about, tell them you don't know. Or, you know, that's a good question. Let me think about that. Too often with this topic, people get themselves in trouble. We're like, okay, I gotta have all the information. I gotta give my kids this pathway because as a parent, you're supposed to lead them down a pathway. But these life conversations should be open to interpretation based upon your experiences, but also should give your kids the openness to have their own experiences too. Mm -hmm. And that from from my work with these families, the, the best parents that communicated this to their kids because the kid had a, a friend, right, that came out or, or a family member was, do you care about that person? Yes. Do you love that person? as like family member. Yes. If anything bad happened to them, would you be there to support them? Yes. Well, it sounds like you guys are part of the same community. Let's figure everything else as we go along. Mm-hmm. Parents have time to change, right, to explore. and, and I you have time to figure out relationships with all different types of people. Yeah.
1: And I guess you're right because for me, my motivation came from, I mean, when you start learning the statistics of suicide in the LGBTQ community, particularly the, the teenage, um, it just absolutely breaks my heart. I just, I can't, I I just cannot imagine somebody feeling like there was no other solution. And you've probably heard me even on this podcast say, you know, suicide just opens a lot of questions, right? and and so I don't know all the solutions. I don't know all the reasons, but I've said before, you know what if what if Corey was gay and he was too afraid to tell me and he didn't think that I would love him or didn't think I would accept him or and and that six years ago, Heidi would have had a real hard time. And so I am coming from it, and and that is exactly what I did. I said, you guys, listen to what these moms say to me. How can I not be somebody who is cheering for this community to, to stay, you know? And so, like, I, I turn around, and I just wish that I could just – share share out tender of a heart that I have even though I don't really understand the issues personally that the more people who don't the support that it just Create such a, such, so much more safety. Um. I want to encourage you, listening. I know that we have lots of people listening from all types of backgrounds and all types of situations that everyone is dealing with. Um, The way we talk about this community. Especially in joking, in passing, we got to be careful. We got to be careful about who overhears us joking about it or being disparaging about it. Um, And when we do hear somebody else talking down or being rude, we need to be brave enough to stop
0: it. and also see it as an opportunity to teach depending on the person right because a lot of people especially i know young kids i know it happened when i was young the words like gay and fag and all these things were thrown around from older guys to me like it was just such a way to like demean each other right and i had a couple times where an older person this is all the way back in the 90s said, hey that ain't cool man And it was a person that I respected. I didn't even mean it in a derogatory way towards gay people. I was trying to talk trash to my friend who said that to me, and I was like, "And this was a coach to play football." Me, turns out he had a gay brother, and so I asked him like, "I'm sorry, did I offend you?" He's like, "No, man, my brother's gay, whatever." I know you don't mean it that way, but I'd never like I was just so loose lipped when I was younger; I wasn't even thinking. And so that's a great coaching opportunity. For parents or kids, especially parents out there listening to this, that you're involved in sports and stuff, if you hear that type of terminology being thrown around, it's a great opportunity not to shame them, but to educate them. Yeah. To let them know. I've had plenty of times where I've had kids confess to me that they bullied kids that were, you know, of the LGBTQ community only to become friends with someone and then now felt horrible about it. Right. I'm like, you feel horrible about it because you realize you made a mistake confessing that mistake. And every time I told him to listen, text that kid, find that kid, go apologize. They said, well, I was in middle school, that's three years ago, all the more reason to. It's never too late. Because I've also counseled lots of kids in the LGBT community that have been suicidal because of things said to them. I've never had a teenager I've ever known, taught, counseled, ever, that if they would see the psychological, mental, emotional effects that those hurtful words had, to the kids that I was listening to in my private counseling session, no teenager ever known would have been so cruel that it would say, huh, that's what they get. They'd feel horrible. Yeah. Because once you see how bad it hurts someone, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm an idiot. Like, what am I doing? It's really hard. But most kids don't see that when those kids are at home crying or breaking down right. or, or dealing with those struggles. I think it's, I mean, that pain that you feel, one of the first things they taught us in graduate school is, because I was specializing with youth, is that, LGBTQ youth have a much higher suicide rate, addiction rate, stuff like that. And that was back in the 90s. And it hasn't gotten any better. And the main reason for that is not being included, being bullied, mistreated, marginalized, all those things. So as much effort as we've made, now this is, take it from the book of David, just for what it's worth, and that's not in the Bible, just so you guys know. (laughs) Trust me, it's not in the Bible. The way I approach it and the way I see it is more like... When you have a young person that is not gay, lesbian, right, not part of the community, but they're impressionable and they're looking for experiences to learn. If you, as a parent, go and talk to them and say, listen, you know, it's Gay Pride Month, like, did you hear about that? You know about that? What what do you think about that? And as they start to talk, kind of get a gauge for where their information is at their understanding and if they do have friends like that and like you said Heidi one of the biggest mistakes that parents unknowingly make is they're overheard by their children not being super friendly about the LGBTQ community at at like different times throughout life like random conversations I hear this all the time because yeah I heard my parents say yeah you know stupid people this and that the rainbow flags and that so the kid goes okay note to self can't ever talk to my parents about that right so like you said a be conscious just to not be throwing stuff out there loosey-goosey. Because a lot of times people say stuff, before the internet came around, people just talked trash and said stuff, but nobody recorded it, written it down, so you didn't have to be crucified for it. In today's cancel culture, and a lot of things that are happening, we don't want people to be judged because of something stupid they said that they didn't really even understand or don't even know anything about. They're ignorant, right? So with that with parents, say don't talk, tongue-in-cheek, out loud, joking around because now it's going to make you look like a hypocrite because most parents I talked to said those things tongue-in-cheek, really didn't hate gay people. Right. They were just talking trash that if they knew their kids were listening, they wouldn't have said it. So just don't even say it in the first place. Second place, when you do go and talk to your kids, and like I said, this is just my approach of it. My approach is when you're having a conversation with your kids, find out what they know, find out where they're at, and know that that's going to evolve and change. If your kid says, you know, I'm all about gay pride and I think it's horrible the way, you know, the Christian church or Mormon church or Catholic, whatever it may be, you know, talks about them, treats them. It's like, okay, well, t- tell me, like, like, what's going on? Like, you're worked up. Like, if you're passionate about something, encourage their passion to share where they're coming from. And as you do that, you get better insight to, man, my kids like me. They like to stand up for their friends. They like to, like, they have their friends back because that's what this really is. When you're an ally or maybe they don't have friends and they're just curious about it, you don't wanna tell them that these people are good, bad, right, or wrong. You wanna tell them, why don't you go find out for yourself if this is you know, a friend that you can have or if you meet someone, if you can find something in common with that person because you might be surprised they're a human before anything else. <laughs> right. I mean, like, what I mean like oh, black, white, gay, Christian, whatever, we're all human beings, everybody knows that. So if you get some things in common with that person, yeah, maybe become best friends, maybe don't. But that's not a person that you have to be fearful of because they're different. Mm-hmm. Differences, hey, like thirty-one flavors. I'd rather have friends that are thirty-one flavors. Yeah, different races, religions, sexual orientations. To me, I learn more, makes life more exciting, more enjoyable. And let's face it, sometimes people with different ethnic backgrounds, sexual orientation are just funnier. Like <laughs> some, of my, some, of my some of my friends at different places. I'm like, dude, you just make me laugh? Like your life experiences is so more like you have a sense of humor that I just enjoy. That's different than anyone else I hang out with. You're my friend for life, right? So parents out there, I just want to, if, if I could just reiterate one basic thing, your thoughts, feelings, past versus present future probably won't be the same as you have conversations about this. I'm not saying anyone out there, it feels like, well, I'll always think that's against God or whatever. Okay. But I never heard God say every gay person should die. I, I, I'm if, if that's out there, please send me that scripture. And then last time I checked, like the Bible and these things, these are really old books in different languages. It's like, I can't tell you what God thinks or doesn't think. But what I can tell you is what's right in front of you is an opportunity to teach your kids that this is a learning process, hmm. that this is something that they can experience and learn for themselves. That way your kids don't think it's taboo. They don't think it's weird. Because if we don't understand something, we are easily scared of it. It's true. If it's not taboo, then okay, you can be curious. I think it's healthy to have these conversations with your kids. Curiosity, do not, from my experience, do not try and shut down these conversations. You should encourage the conversation if it comes up naturally or strategically plan to have the conversation like in June, right? Gay Pride Month because it's all being talked about. So, hey, let's have a conversation about this. The conversations are not a secret code word for trying to convince your kids to feel and think the same way you feel and think because they haven't lived a life like you've lived. Mm -hmm. They're still young. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, I don't know. I just wanted to, I just wanted to put it out there. It's, um, these are individuals who have a hard road. Um, and I think that we can. Mo- most of us can can do better, and that that's what we're here, a light the fight about, is to put a light on shame, and to talk about it. And that's what I was hoping that we could do today. So I appreciate that.
0: Thank no, you. and I'm glad you wanted to talk about this. Um, uh, Brandon, our producer, members, a few years ago was asked to be a, a speaker for the local. Um, uh, Equality Utah, LGBT, you know, nonprofit organization, great organization, great people. And uh, they were asking me about, they did this video about, like, my talk and stuff. And the title of my talk is When You Can Relate, It Slows and Kills the Hate. And the basic of that was that when people are hurt and it's someone you know that's hurt, you want to fight for that person. Like you said, you get really frustrated with people who are ignorant saying just totally off the cuff stuff. But you and I both know you can't change someone's mind in an argument or by shaming them. So for all you people out there, and I will say this boldly. Say it again. I will say, I will say say this part boldly for all you people out there that have anger, hurt, frustration because you've been marginalized and all these horrible things, or you've had friends and family members been marginalized and have these horrible things. I get it. I'm not going to tell you, don't be pissed off. If you want to, tear down society and all these things, and you want to make a huge change, I get it. That's great. Go ahead and make the change you need to make. But for everyone that wants to be an ally of the LGBTQ community, we all know that when we can relate, that slows hateful conversations, that slows hateful relationships, because once you have a connection with someone, it's really hard to hate them as much. It's true. It just really, it, I feel like- Once you know the story. When we hear the stories and connect, it's it's just this thing that, it's almost like you're being robbed and stripped of your resentment and anger. And it's being, and you're like, I don't want to let go of my hate because it's like formulated a lot of my belief systems <laughs> for a long time. And then you're like, but you're kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I had someone tell me one time that they thought I was going to hell for some personal choices I was making. And uh, I told them, I said, well, you know, and by the way, this wasn't bad personal choices. This was, they're pretty extreme in, in religion, let's put it that way. And uh, and I just told them, thank you, because obviously you care about me. Would you do me a favor? I said, what's that? I said, would you pray for me? <laughs> and they looked at me like, what? I'm like, would you pray for me? Because if what you think I'm doing is so bad that I could go to hell, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> Would you please pray for me? Because what if I'm just dumb and I don't know what I'm doing? And and they just sat there and they're like boggled. They're like, well, my pastor, bishop, whatever, they said that you're going to go to hell because of this. And I, I was kind of confused. I didn't know that that got you to hell. And I was like, yeah, I'm confused too. Could you find out more for me? They came back a couple weeks later and like, like yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought you're going to go to hell for that. And I use this as an example for parents sometimes because we assume that if there is a strong statement from like religion mm-hmm. that this is a bad thing, that that assumes the person's bad and then they're going to go to a bad place. And I can tell you, there's a lot of things that can send you to bad places on this earth. <laughs> and one of them is hate and resentment and bigotry. It really corrupts that kind spirit in every single one of us that allows us to have a relationship and relate to people. Sure. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate that. So, Anyway, with that, you guys, um, you may have gotten more than you bargained for (laughs) this week. Um, But thank you for coming and showing up and for trying to be a light in your community and in your home, Um, wherever you're starting, wherever you are. I just, I'm thankful that you guys come and listen and try to be, be better at working on the relationships in your life and in your home and in your family. So... Thank you, as always, for helping us to light the fight.